Ooh, you are crunchy as hell. Hi, welcome to Not So Soda Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. And, man, we got a new Infinity War trailer this week. Oh my goodness. This is this is the last trailer. I knew I shouldn't have watched it. <laughs> but but I'm did. not I'm not nobody is not gonna watch this trailer. Everybody's gonna right. watch this trailer. Everybody's yes. watched this trailer. This trailer's amazing. Sean, what was your favorite part of this trailer? Um man, why you gotta say my single favorite part? Like it's so tough to nail down. Do you do you choose something action y? Do you choose some witty dialogue where where do you go and this is just a trailer but i have to go with uh star lord and iron man interaction <laughs> um I, i'm gonna have to go i mean uh, steve rogers holding the glove back i mean good lord yeah. what a way to end that trailer yeah but uh you know let's let's talk about it i mean uh you know you get uh, Gamora describing the the comic book snap of the fingers. Um, you get to see uh, Thanos in full armor with that with his helmet on that everybody was complaining about. Where's his helmet? Finally got to see it. <laughs> it looked amazing. Patience. Oh, uh, that armor just looks incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. You know, that's it's really hard to do. Every movie since. X-Men has changed the looks of everybody. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, the X-Men in black leather. What do you want? Yellow spandex. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, that's that we were we were products of that time. I understand that. But look at your Captain America. Look at your Doctor Strange. Look at Iron Man. Look at Spider-Man for the love of God. Um but I am fine with Thanos as he is. There's several homages to what he wears. Like one, one scene, he straight up looks like he's you know wearing close to the same stuff. Uh, the full battle armor, it's fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. It all looks amazing. Uh, Ebony Maw looked amazing in this trailer, even though a lot of everybody from day one says it's how did Voldemort get in here. You don't look too much like Voldemort. <laughs> I'm just, I'm more worried about what he's doing to good old Doctor Strange. Well, that, there could be a surprise in store because in the comics he uh, he worked him over pretty good. Uh, there, I did read up there is a change. Titan is not the moon of Titan, the planet we're seeing with all the big machinery and people fighting where that your your favorite scene is. That is the planet Titan. Okay. So they're they're not doing the uh, uh, Titan as a moon, uh, from what I've heard. And it certainly Either. looks like a full blown planet. It, it it's incredible. I mean, everything about this trailer just looks so much fun. I I, uh, I noticed Vision, Rhodey, um, obviously Cap, Black Widow. Who else was there? Oh, Falcon. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner and Falcon. Uh, I wonder uh, if they're going to do a thing between uh, Rhodey, Falcon, and Vision where they're all like 
are are we cool? <laughs> are we friends now? <laughs> well, the uh, we we know that they uh, from from Tony's dialogue in in the movie that they're they're aware of the Infinity Stones, what they are. Uh, they go to Wakanda to try to bring flush Thanos out to fight the entire the assemblage of the Wakandans and the Avengers and everybody. This is probably the last stand in the movie. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know because uh, they don't have the time stone in any of the trailers. Um, well, Thanos. Thanos, does, the... Thanos only has two stones. The, the one the Collector had and uh, the one Loki has. There is no ether yet. Uh, he doesn't have the Soul Stone. But let since we're talking about Doctor Strange and so, so the Eye of Agamotto me... and the Infinity Stone, uh, let's talk about some things we know from uh, uh, leaks from the movie set. We do know that there is going to be time travel involved in Infinity War, either Part 1 or Part 2. Mm-hmm. There was uh, uh, shots of sets and armors that have been seen in previous movies but all the new actors were interacting. So it is a pretty sure bet that we are going to be involved in some time travel. Um, and that leads us to Captain Marvel. Captain right. Captain Marvel supposedly appears in Avengers Infinity War. Now, she has not been seen in the Marvel Universe as of yet. And it's been stated that she, her movie will take place in the 90s. And be part of the Kree Scroll War. Um, I'm thinking Doctor Strange is taking a trip to the 90s, and the reason we haven't seen Captain Marvel is because she was not there to appear. She was jerked out of the 90s, came straight to this movie. That would be interesting. I mean, I, I like the idea of that. You know, I, I think I think that's definitely something within Doctor. Uh, Strange's capabilities, and he would definitely be looking for all the strongest and bravest when this battle occurs. So why wouldn't he go and snag her? Well, I mean, and it also makes a lot of sense since uh, are they going to try to uh, age Brie Larson 20, 30 years when she uh, when she in, enters the Marvel Universe? No, I don't think so. I you know, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, there's some time foolery going on here. That would be cool. But I also heard a theory that um, the, that uh, the reason we haven't seen the Soul Stone yet is because Thanos has to get the Time Stone because the Soul Stone is lost in time, and that's the last one they will find. Hmm. Do you think all this is leading up to needing one stone, and yeah. then that's where it ends? The th- part two should be the hunt for the soul stone. There, it's a it's a race to beat the clock. Hmm. This movie yeah. will end with Thanos having all but one, and the heroes yeah. defeated, and their only chance is to find. Well, no, all but all but two because they'll have to have the time stone. Either either they'll get it back at the first or the second. They'll lose it and be one left at the end of this movie, or they'll get it, or they'll get it back. Either first of this mo- the next movie or right. at the end of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, they're just ah, oh, it's so much fun to speculate on how it's going to happen, and then the fact that here in a month or so, 
we're actually going to get to see this. I mean, just a few weeks away, really, in the grand scheme of things. I hope they remember you. Uh, who do you think he's saying that line to? I don't... Man, it's going to be so... It's going to be... It's going to be heartbreaking when we lose a major character right in front of us. You know, it. I, I don't think it'll be expected when it occurs. I think we're all going to go in there expecting a death. And I think they know that. So my guess is they're going to make it pretty abrupt. Uh, uh, uh. Um, well, speaking about time travel and death, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We lost uh, Stephen Hawking this week. Oh. A, uh, a real-world superhero. A scientist who, uh, you know, had he had no control of his body. He, he was given two years to live in Win 77. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this man is, you know, he wrote an entire book that I think everybody has read, A Brief History of Time. Um, I own it. Um, I don't know where it's I at. Got... I've read it like twice. Yeah, I have a couple of copies somewhere. I understand about three quarters of it. <laughs> well, you, you're doing better than me. <laughs> but um, you know, well, I've always, I've always had great interest in all this stuff. You know, the Kip Thorne stuff, Stephen Hawking, Albert Einstein, those guys who who could do the deep dive in the math and everything uh, are just mind blowing to me. And I, I can nowhere near do any of the math. The the concepts of a lot of the stuff they talk about, I can, I, I can wrap my head around, mm-hmm. but, uh, those people that can, that can theorize and that can pull <laughs> like Albert Einstein literally pulled a black hole out of nothing, just created it out of, and thought it was a mistake. <laughs> like, Oh, I got to yeah. figure this out. This is wrong. <laughs> this is all coming out weird. Uh, no, sir. That's correct. Uh, you know, uh, gosh, and like I, I made a Facebook post about this, you know, you you think at sometimes in your life what it would have been like to walk, to exist at the same time as a as an Albert Einstein, as as a Martin mm-hmm. Luther King, as you know, as uh, John F. Kennedy, Stephen Hawking was one of those guys. We lived at the same time as this guy, and that's that is he's he's truly one of them. Um, oh, not a more brilliant mind in existence that we know of right now. And uh, he he will be missed. Yeah, especially from the science community. I I know there's probably several of them that are like, wow, where's where's their leader now, you know? He he was that face, he was that voice that everybody knew. Are you really making fun of a dead guy? Come on now, Sean. No, but I'm <laughs> I'm just like, what's relatable? What is relatable? Oh, there, there's a lot of people that if you were to show them a picture of Stephen Hawking, they probably wouldn't have an idea who that was until they heard that voice. And they're like, that's that scientist guy. The normal Joe Schmo on the street, that's what they're going to say. That's that scientist guy. You know, I, I'm not making fun or whatever. Um, but – He's that pillar of the science community that's now gone. Well, I can I can tell you how far back that I knew about Stephen Hawking because whenever I watched the movie War Games, I, I was like, Stephen Falcon, hey, that sounds like Stephen Hawking, that science guy. Mm-hmm. 
which, if you don't know the history of that movie, that's who they that's who that character was based on. They wanted Stephen Hawking to appear in that movie, and he said, "Are we going to talk about any of my theories and stuff?" And they were like, "No, it's it's this." And he's like, "Well, I'm not interested." So they called him Doctor Stephen Falcon. That's hilarious. But yeah, I did not know that. Um, gosh, it's it's really a sad thing to to lose somebody of so importance to the science community, and uh, you know we will be waiting a while for for another Einstein, another Hawking. Yeah, it, it, there's not going to be another one of those for for a little bit at least. Uh, I don't know. I hope there's one out there right now. We just don't know his name. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm sure. But there are plenty of people out there right now that were inspired by him. Oh yeah. Who's your Who's your favorite? That That's not Stephen Hawking. That's That's around a name you would know. Like, who Who do you look for? Whose videos do you like watching? Whose books do you like reading besides Stephen Hawking? Do you have one? Uh, probably the closest for subject matter would be Kip Thorne. I mean, he wrote several, several books on, uh, black holes and all that kind of thing and, and, uh, like dark matter and I wasn't ready oh. for that question, but I can pull you up. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I, I was just thinking, I, I'm going to say Brian Green. I like Brian Green. His, uh, his videos... Black holes. Really inter- the book I have for Kip Thorne is Black Holes and Time Warps, and that's a really good read. Okay, I'll and check it, that out. Yeah, and it's those people that that can make this kind of stuff relatable that really impact the rest of the world. I mean, yeah, you could be a guy in a in a lab for or in a in an office for thirty years who do, does great work, and that's that's fine and moves the science forward. But it's the guys like like Stephen Hawking, like like you know, Kip Thorne, like Einstein, that are public figures that, that make people aware of what's going on and get people excited about science. And Neil, Neil Degra- deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, is is a great, great example of somebody who uh, uh, gets the science in, in, in the hands of normal people, which is really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Oh, where else are we going today? Let, well, oh my goodness! Another um, another death nail is where we're going. So. An- yeah, another down note, as you would say. Uh, so Toys R Us is pulling the plug. Yeah, they've been circling the drain for a very long time as well. Um, you know, daggum it. My. A lot of my childhood memories, number one, as people who listen to this podcast know, a lot of my childhood memories are Walmart-based, but that one time of year, that trip to Little Rock, to walk those hallowed halls whenever you're, you know, eight, nine, and, and you're just in a building with, you know, 30-foot ceilings, with 20-foot shelves, with, you know, everything you want right there. I mean, and multiples of... Uh, my my most burned in my head memory of of Toys R Us, and it's probably probably Christmas of eighty eighty five eighty six because I remember mm-hmm. what I saw was an older toy, 
so I didn't expect it to be there, but it was, uh, we walk in and, and there was the Toys R Us in North Little Rock and I could walk you back to where the aisle would have been because they're not situated the same way they were, but like in the middle back of the store was the Transformers aisle and it was, you know, just a mecca. It had box sets and, and Transformers, um, they had stuff you didn't normally see. Like, you could go to Walmart and get your single-carded Constructicons and your uh, uh, regular Autobots and Decepticons, but now at Toys R Us, they had gift sets. And mm-hmm. they had, like, an <clears throat> aisle, just a, a, a 10-foot aisle with, like, th- four deep all the way down of Devastator gift sets. And I thought that was the most amazing thing to see, and I was like, "Oh, I won't want. I've never, I never had uh, a Transformers gift set, and I just remember that. It just burned in my memory. And, and you know, that whole aisle was nothing but box Transformers and carded Transformers and and GI Joe and and your Star Wars boxes. I mean, that's and that's what there was. I mean, you had the little, uh, uh you know." second and third tier stuff but I mean you had just uh <laughs> all the un- A quality stuff yes yep oh I would say my biggest memory uh from Toys R Us was I remember for my birthday one year we went and seen a movie over at McCain and then uh went over to Toys R Us and what did I get I got I know I got Triclops and I got uh, the Walker. Was that right? He Man the Walker, the uh, one the, where the Bone Walker, the skeleton, where it, it ran on a rail and as it reached the front, the back spun around. No, that's the Dragon Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that. Yeah, yeah, the Dragon Walker. That thing. I remember I got that and Triclops the same day. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. You know, that's funny. I think for a birthday, I got both of them at the same time. That's funny. Because, <laughs> let's see, if it would have been, I had to be five or six, so this would have been 85, 86, around in that area. Sounds right. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, uh, but, but, but let's look on another side. Do you have any fond memories of KB Toys? Um, you know, not so much. KB Toys, the nearest KB Toys to us was in Jonesboro in uh, Indian Mall. And Mm -hmm. I don't have any memory of KB Toys until, um... I think KB, for me, was was being a teenager almost. Yeah, yeah. But I did, there is one. Uh, I had a boxed... I bought an Ultra Magnus brand new for $21, and I bought it at KB Toys. Nice. Uh, a mom mom got it for me for, I think it was a birthday that we went to Jonesboro. And that's that was where I got that. I mean, it was huge. It was a, it was a white Optimus Prime with a trailer and armor, and I loved it. And uh, didn't realize it was the second release, and it had the rubber, it had the plastic wheels and didn't have a painted face and there was another one that I didn't know about at the time until I really got into the internet and the community and and so I replaced that one at one point because of it it didn't have the paint stuff it, it it's a whole story but uh I really really 
loved that toy at that time, and that and I know it was at KB because mm-hmm. I remember how everything looked. And just today, just before the podcast, we have some news about KB Toys now. KB Toy Store went bankrupt in 2009, uh, the last one. Now, the one in Jonesboro closed uh, just after I'd gotten out of college there, like 2000, uh, 2000, 2001. I mean, Sean, you were still up there at that time. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, it was still there. It, it was still there. I, Because uh, I, I remember it was just the, the mall was closed totally except for a handful of stores, and KB was one of those. Uh, I left Jonesboro. It was closed when I left, and I left in 2001. Yeah. So that's about right. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, going to college up there uh, with the internet, you know, it was 94 and everything like that, and we just started getting internet and discovered this whole community of uh, these Transformers fans and actually, if if anybody remembers, there used to be the BBS system, and our 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 chat was like Alt Toys Transformers. You'll just have to look it up because some people may not have a clue what I'm talking about. But uh, and and there would be talk about this stuff. Oh, like I saw this at a KB toy store, and blah blah blah, and people could run out and go check. And uh, like KB at that time actually had an exclusive Transformers line called Machine Wars. And uh, it was it was some of the European stuff that we had not got that was uh, repainted and, and, and reboxed as a whole separate Transformers line. This was before Beast Wars and stuff came out, or G two, and uh, that was that was kind of fun to to experience. But uh, when that closed, man, I was sad. But just today, um, looks like who who owns the KB Toy Store. A brand called Strategic Marks LLC has had plans for the past six months to reopen KB Toys, which they are now accelerating with the closure of Toys R Us. They want to bring back the experiences we loved as children, just as you remember is is the quote from it. And uh, they say that the mistakes that were made with KB Toys that caused the closure won't be happening again. They intend to have a new business model to withstand uh, the current market and uh, have long-term plans to stay open. That's exciting. <laughs> That's really exciting. And if somebody could figure that out, because without Toys R Us, there is a huge gaping hole. Mm-hmm. Which... For, for the... I mean, yes, everybody says, oh, Amazon killed... Toys R Us, but at the same time, uh, when when I think of the reasons you need a physical store is because it's the joy of bringing your child to the store to pick out the toy. It's the experience of walking through the store to pick out the toy. It's just window shopping that is so much fun. For that alone... I just hope we get KB Toys back. That would be incredible. Yeah, and you could you could see a lot of this in the current. You know, I I am not a huge business minded person, but with my job that I do, um, I have to pay attention to business trends and stuff like that. And what you see, especially in local communities, 
is there is a lot a, a huge surge in local community businesses like uh, food stores and like small markets and small like even look at Walmart. Walmart is doing a Walmart hometown market, you know, and uh, so is Kroger. They're expanding their place uh, to try to compete in this in this kind of internet changing world. And a lot of local things like mom and pop stores are coming back because they just don't offer a service. A big box store or in an internet place holds. Um, you know, mm-hmm. people are kind of missing and, and that attraction is coming back. How do you figure that out with a toy store? I don't have a clue. But I hope beyond hope that they can make this work. Oh, that would be incredible. I want it to happen. Make sure that this happens and make sure that the Disney Fox deal goes through. <laughs> yeah, that's always in the... Uh, yeah, hmm, please, God. Silver Surfer flies in, takes the glove. Yes. Oh. Make sure that happens. Let's do that. Um, speaking of something that needs to happen, uh, Sean, are you familiar with the new gods? I'm not. Say what? Yes, you are. What How so? Don't lie on the podcast. What? 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 Are, what am I? What am I missing? New gods. Dark side. Desaad. Uh. Orion. Uh. <laughs> the the DC new gods. I'm sticking with my answer of no. You know who Dark Side is. I know who Dark Side is. I'm uh, clicking on this link that you're you you you're showing me here and. I do not know this stuff. No. Well, you see, if you'd have checked the notes before the show, you would. <laughs> you but that would wouldn't know. Have gave, that wouldn't have given us this awesome moment. Oh my God! Anyway, New Gods, the creation of Jack Kirby in the DC universe, one of his most impactful things, besides helping creating the Marvel universe. Uh, on the DC side of things, Jack Kirby created the New Gods and laid such a lush and beautiful story and and artwork and uh, Shakespearean kind of tone to what's going on. I mean, just a whole pantheon of, of literal new gods uh, he created. And this is going to be coming to the movie screen, which I think is absolutely amazing. All right. Um, this is something that gets me really excited about DC. If this is handled right... This could be huge. Uh, you know, uh, it, they're characters that, you know, everybody knows Darkseid. I, I understand mm-hmm. that. You know, Darkseid's the big bad, and Superman fights Darkseid, and blah, 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 blah. But the New God story, you know, is a classic story. I mean, uh, you have the uh, the New Gods of their world, and Dark Side of Apocalypse, and his son Orion grows up on the good world, and... Uh, the other one's son grows up on Apocalypse, and uh, it's just Jack Kirby artwork and huge Jack Kirby machines and epic uh, storytelling. Uh, Mr. Miracle comes from here, Big Barda, uh, the mother boxes and everything from Justice League. All that stuff is is a That's major awesome. part of the DC universe, and this being told in a movie format 
I, I would absolutely love it, especially if they try to recapture a lot of that Jack Kirby uh, feel uh, to to the design and to the movies, like like in Thor Ragnarok. I think it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome. I, I I wish them the best of luck, dude. You know, uh, see stuff like that brought to the big screen it is something just as epic as you know, saying Infinity War. It's just. It's just something different, and they just they just need to get a few things right, and they would be there. They would have it. I I wish them the best of luck, and hope we get to see this story come to life. Nope, I am the only thing on the internet. All right, and also, um, Infinity War breaks uh, ticket pre-sale ticket records, which Black Panther just broke. Just. Keep piling on the money. <laughs> Just I, keep giving money. That's right. We we need to give you more money. Are are you gonna do uh, a presale or are you gonna wait? No, I no, I always wait. I mean, they're not gonna run out of Avengers. <laughs> like I can't. Uh, I'm not in a position right now where I can. You know, oh, opening day, I gotta be there. No, I gotta. I got stuff to do. I will go see it whenever I can see it that weekend. But um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get in there though. I will see it as soon as I can go and and take exactly, my child. <laughs> that's the same boat I'm in. I'm going. I'm going. I'll, I'll leave the rest of you behind, but I'm going. Don't sometime. dare me. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go I'll see it. it. Yeah. Um. Gosh. I mean, this one, this will be a frame ticket maybe. I don't know. This is kind of like, if you think about it, Infinity War is kind of the Super Bowl of of movies. I mean, this is this is it. This is what we've been. This is what I've waited to die for. So well, well, you're and the thing is, is you're gonna get there and you're gonna watch this movie and you're only gonna get half a story, and then you're gonna have to wait another year for the next half. <laughs> well, you know. At one time in my life, I was like, "Gosh, I, I hope I live to watch the new Lost in Space movie." So, I, I think, <laughs> I think Infinity War is a, li- a little above that. So, yeah, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> Lost in Space, man. Hey, like I said last week, I still like that movie. It's, I mean, it's not amazing, but I like it. Oh, I like it. I like it as well. Ah, uh, you know what I do like? I like local hall. I bet you I, do. Uh, and you and I, which you said you can't hold it yet, so it's not your haul. But but I am holding it, and and we have some very very special thanks to say uh, this week on the podcast. Um, when when we started this podcast, uh, we say it each week. We we can't express how much we thank people, but there aren't words. For me to express how excited I was, how shocked and awe I was to receive a package this week from a good friend, Mike Becker, uh, just out of the blue, sent me some books. And let, let me tell you, Rick, um, we have the Incredible Hulk and Submariner, number 95, Tales to Astonish, signed by Roy Thomas. Good Lord. Uh, Daredevil, 184. Beautiful Frank Miller cover. Signed by Frank Miller. 
Moonshine, number one. One of my favorite image series going right now. Number one, signed by Brian Azzarello. Uh, Green Hornet, number one. Quiver, part one. With a doodle on it for Sean by Phil Hester and Andy Parks. We have a Flash, Fastest Man Alive, number one. Signed by, uh, it looks like, Ken Lashley. Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, number one. Signed by Rob Leefield. And Rick, you, even though I'm holding it, if you, if you don't mind, uh, you have a copy of Kingdom Come, signed by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. That's amazing. That is absolute. There is no way. There, there's no way to thank somebody, Mike. I don't know what you're doing, man, but thank you. <laughs> I, I do not deserve anything like that for sitting here and, and talking to Sean. I, there's no award or anything, but oh my God, thank you so much. Just, just amazingness. Um, incredible. Thank you, sir. Thank you. When I texted him, I was like, dude, I, I, I don't know what to say. And he was like, hey, I, I enjoy getting comics. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy getting them signed. But but that's to give that away, to, to share that with somebody else, uh, especially when I, I don't – I it's something I won't have the time for. In, in the current future, waiting in lines, going to the cons that Mike goes to – and meeting the amazing people he meets is just not something I can do. And for him to share that with me is just, I'm blown away. I, I am without words, and I can't say it enough. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, oh. we, I was talking to Mike the other day, and, and whenever you had called me, uh, about this mysterious package that full of goodness, and uh, you know, I, I bled my heart out to him. Uh, we we did talk about uh, what what a great time it is to be a fan. I mean, which is connected to our discussion last week of of uh, could certain things happen at, at different times? And no, I, I don't believe. I think we're living currently in the golden age of everything comic and geek related. I mean, it's just. It, it, everything you'd ever want is, is now out there is is happening is being developed is I mean goodness good grief I mean we've got Rob stuff Rob Leefield developed is getting made into movies I mean oh my gosh I mean what's next I mean I don't I don't know <laughs> that's it's awesome it's awesome I mean we're getting a it, new it's so much fun. I mean, think about what some of the things going on right now. Like, and I don't mean to jest about Rob Leefield, but I mean, stuff he did, he's getting paid money and, and developing into movies. We, we may be getting a new Spawn movie because there's rekindled interest in, in all that. We're getting Avengers Infinity War. We're getting uh, Marvel on TV. We're getting uh, DC maybe rebooting everything to try again. But I mean, they've already done it once. Um you know, random smaller comic stuff is being optioned for TV and movies. I mean, and you may see if somebody loved Tank Girl back in the uh, early '90s. I mean, they may be getting a a new movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, think about it. it. Just from besides what you named, we also have Walking Dead, Preacher, uh, American Gods. I mean, all those things would definitely not be possible had it not been for the boom of the comic books. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you're a Neil Gaiman fan, I mean, good grief. <laughs> Pick somebody. Pick somebody who hasn't gotten a deal yet or, or, or that you were a fan of that you haven't heard anything about. Probably in the next two years, you will probably hear something about their property or this character or you know, th this game you liked, or all of this stuff is becoming, everything you dreamed is becoming possible. And I can't wait to see more. I cannot wait, man. Now, now what I'm excited for is you finally saw a movie. I did. Can, 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 can I please hear your thoughts on it so that we can have uh, some friendly discussion about this? Well, there's this little movie that came out, and it's a DC production, uh, and I, I I bought it. I finally broke down. I was like, well, you know what? It's it's fine. Let's let's do it. Um, bought Justice League, and okay. uh, I watched it with my son. Mm-hmm. And I have some thoughts about the movie. Um, I. I didn't think it was bad. I, I enjoyed it. Me and Logan both enjoyed it. Uh, but so did I. Now this so is did I. this is sitting on the couch. <laughs> yeah. This is not sitting in a movie theater. You know, paying an exorbitant amount of money for uh, for snacks and stuff like that. And I I enjoyed it. Yes, there are quite a few things wrong with the movie. Uh, the 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 laughable first part that did not even need to be in there, where they digitally removed the mustache. I have no idea what that part of the movie was for, except for me to laugh at, look, going, there's, <laughs> what did they do to his lip? <laughs> that, that, uh, didn't, that didn't need to be in there. Why is that in there? That's the laughable part. Oh, I know, I know. It, it, I think I looked it up. It's like two minutes and ten seconds long of those kids questioning Superman, and I have no idea what it's there for. <laughs> there, None. there's a couple of choices in that movie that are like that. There's, there's a scene with Ben Affleck uh, doing exposition as Bruce, <coughs> as Bruce Wayne, and it just doesn't need to be there. And um, I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't get it. And, um, but, but, uh, okay. Uh, let me, let me say what I didn't like about the movie, and then, I'll, then I'll, we'll, we'll say what I did like. Um. Like I said, there was some really weird choices. Uh, some dialogue was off. The movie did feel small. It felt like everybody was in a warehouse in a green screen. And that's, that is a pretty big complaint. Um, and that I could see where some people can't get over that. Especially turning around and watching a movie like Captain America Civil War. Where everything is happening outside. Everything has been choreographed amazingly. The story is on point. Uh, and, and the comedy is is you know there and, and, and well put. Um, I mean, even here's a good example of what I'm talking about. And I don't mean to bash, but I have to compare and contrast. Uh, like the so you just watched Winter Soldier, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched it last night, <laughs> right after I watched Justice League. The scene where 
Steve and Natasha are in the old Cold War bunker talking to Armin Zola. Right. That scene felt more real and expansive than any scene in Justice League. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can see that. All of all of Justice League um, felt uncomfortably cramped. I mean, it just felt like everybody was being forced to sit in a room together, like it was an AA meeting. That's that's what it felt like. And it just it bothered me the whole movie. And then whenever you do get the the large sprawling third act battle, it's all CGI, all of it, and you could tell. I mean, it not, it's not just uh, it's not just suspension of disbelief. I mean, it's just uh, well, okay. It looks like video game. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, cinematic. Okay. It just looks like a video game cinematic the whole time. Really bothered me. I mean, we should be, they should be doing it better than this. I would say that the, that Suicide Squad felt a little better than this, than that did. On the, on did Big Battle better than Justice League did. Yeah, and that's saying something because Suicide Squad Big Battle for me is the low point of that movie. I, I like everything out Suicide Squad outside of the big battle. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much my my problem with Justice League. What what did you want to add anything to problems before we move to? No, no, no. no. Okay. I, I've said my piece on Justice League, and, and I agree with you. I I enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, I've I think I've watched it probably four or five times. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've I mean, it, it's not. I, I found myself looking for it, going, all right, I'm going to watch Justice League again. Yeah. I, I, because... I don't do that with Batman versus Superman. I have watched Batman versus Superman twice. I watched the original, and then when the, the director's cut came out, I watched that. Those are the only two times I've watched that film. I've only watched the director's cut, and I, I don't think I can go back and do the theatrical. <laughs> no. Don't. But, um,. But let me tell you what I did like about the story um, and about Justice League. I, I did like the character work. I did like how the characters responded to each other. I really did like Barry Allen. Um, mm-hmm. Ezra Miller, I mean, as this neurotic, uh, uh, kind of more caffeine-fueled version of Barry Allen than, than like TV's Flash. He, he, he can't beat Grant Gustin. I mean, he just can't. But... I don't think they tried to, which uh, gave me hope in in the movie. And my my son really liked the Flash. He said he was he just as soon as it's over, he's like, "Well, I really like the Flash. He was my favorite character." So, I, I think I think that part. The Flash suit is the only thing that holds me back from liking the Flash full on. Yeah, it was a little different, but but it, it disappeared after after a minute. I mean, I was fine with it after that. It it, it didn't nag at me. Um. Now going on, Aquaman really surprised me. I, I really liked. <laughs> I really like. I really like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. That will work yeah. for me. He he will work in a movie, of course. If you've ever watched Game of Thrones and, and seen his acting in that, the the guy is okay. I mean, the guy is pretty good. Working on his craft, he could be not rock caliber, but I mean, he's 
you know, he's trying and he's doing a great, he did a great job in that movie. And I would watch an Aquaman movie based on what I saw in this movie. And, uh, uh, Amber Heard was surprising. I thought it was really her fight with, uh, um, dang it. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf was actually pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and I thought they did a one thing they did positive in Justice League is I, I thought uh, Wonder Woman carried over very well. Um, what, what she brings to the team is more important than any of the other characters bring to the team. I would I would agree with that, but there was a little it was a little off. It was a little tone deaf for me for her character. Um, it, it, there, there was some sort of dissonance between uh, Wonder Woman and Justice League Wonder Woman, and um, I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but it, it took me out of the movie a couple of times. I was like, eh, mm, that seems a little different than the way she was. But I mean, it, it, she was fine, of course. You know, um, she's she's a beautiful, amazing woman, and the writing. It, it, her acting was fine. It's just the writing was off on, on that part of it. Um, ben Affleck is Ben Affleck. I, I, li- I like him as Batman. I like the way they made him look as Batman. Uh, but there, I must go back. I must go back. We're, they Joel Schumacher'd some of the some of the suits. And it really made me upset. Um, like, Superman's new suit had fake muscle stuff on it and drove me insane. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed why, that. why, why are we, why, why would you do this? And Batman's was a little, a little like that, especially whenever he's taking off everything and talking to Diana and he pops, he, she pops his shoulder back in place. I was like, why, why, why <laughs> haven't we learned this lesson? What are y'all doing? And both suits move toward that look again. I'm like, no, 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 that's not the, leave the suits alone. It makes sense when you do it to, like, Captain America. We try to modern it up. Oh, the one in Avengers sucked. Let's go back to his, based on his World War II one. That's worked for everybody. You know, uh, uh, mm, well, Marvel Marvel did it too, I guess, so. But, uh the, the suit things really bother me. Like the like mm-hmm. the 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 extra scene at the end with him racing, that yes. drove me insane. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, since you bring up the scene at the end, do you think there is uh, hopes for a Legion of Doom movie? Um, possibly. I I, I hate that. DC Warner Brothers may have been discouraged enough to just scrap everything and start over. I don't think they will. I honestly, I think cooler heads could prevail. I mean, they're moving forward with the Flash movie with Ezra Miller. And that would be fine. I know they Aquaman, and I know they just said something about the Batman movie will start production in 2019. Um, I I hope they they pull themselves up by their bootstraps and just go, move forward and get it done. Because that's they need the lessons they need learn are to look at Marvel, see how they're doing it, and get the suits out of the director's way. Yes. And when you do that, you get a Wonder Woman movie. When you do that, you get a Captain America Civil War. <laughs> 
you get to Infinity War if you let creative people and good actors do what they do best. Let them do it. All right. Before before we wrap up this week, I got one more Justice League question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think you, from the feel of the movie you got, would you have preferred a straight-up Zack Snyder movie? You know, I, I didn't really... The thought never crossed my mind, like, this must have been Joss Whedon. I mean, it did cross my mind, like, oh, I can tell this is definitely Zack Snyder. <laughs> like, yes. uh, from the very first of the movie till about... The first quarter of the movie, I definitely was, this is a Zack Snyder movie. Yes. The, the rest of the movie, I never thought about it again. I mean, because all the suits and everything were established already. Looks very watch... Like, Batman made me think of Watchmen like four times in that first oh, opening yeah. scene. Or how about when he puts on actual, looks like Owlman's glasses. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. Um, well, let me think. <laughs> Here's another problem I have with the movie. That first uh, criminal he takes down and then sits there and talks to him for about four minutes while they watch this parademon thing. It's the weirdest scene, is it not? It is. It's a very... Uh, uh, it's a real weird scene. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to watch it again. I'm honestly yeah. going to have to watch it again because I did like it. Like I said, I did like it. I had plenty of fun, especially Superman coming back. That mm-hmm. was actually done really well. I didn't have a problem with any of that because... Oh, I love that. I love that first confrontation scene. That is so awesome, the fact that, you know, he's got Wonder Woman in one hand, Aquaman in the other, holding off Cyborg, and he's still tracking the Flash with his eyes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, God. That Uh-oh. that was probably my most enjoyed part of the movie. What was that? It was the Superman confrontation. Um, and I liked it. And I liked that the Batman's big gun thing was, was her. That was awesome. Yes. It was really good. I, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that part. Oh, well, all right, man. Uh, another week comes to an end. Episode 101. You can find me on social media at Maynard98 on Twitter, uh, at Maynard98 on Instagram. I'm still playing with Vero a lot. I'm playing with Vero a ton. Download the Vero app. The It's still in beta, but the it works really well. Just look me up, Sean Thomas. I, I'm having a blast with that. I bet you I posted 20 pictures to that today. Where where can they find you on social media, Rick? Find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Not So Southern Gentleman on Facebook. You can actually find me on Vero. I don't know exactly what my screen name is. What would I look at here? It's just your name. Is it just my name? name? Well, then look up Ricky Westbrook yeah. on Vero then. All right, man. For Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. I'm Ricky.